Church. How are you doing? Awesome. This week we continue our series called New Beginnings. We are in the book of Genesis. Remember, we're trying to go through the Bible this year, mostly through the Old Testament, but if you are on our daily readings, then you will get a text or an email that will remind you that these readings are the ones that you should read for today, and that will actually get you through the Bible this year. Now, here's the moment of truth. How many of you who were not signed up for those daily readings actually signed up this last week? Rachel! <laughs> Jessica! I cannot see, my eyes are failing me. That means I'm getting older and I need to get more glasses, but that's all right. So, we've got three people. So what does that mean for those that did not sign up? You should feel an immense amount of guilt right now. <laughs> because we believe in a God that as he speaks to us, he changes us. So if we are going to do a new beginning, if we want a new beginning in our life, the only way that will occur is not by our action. So it's not just going to occur because you sign up for that email. It's not just going to occur because you read the Bible every day. It's going to occur because you actually listen to his voice and then do what he says. Not out of obligation, but simply because you know that you have a good father in heaven who loves you and he wants the best for you. We sometimes reverse that. We want to somehow get our life together so that he will then say, well, you're a good now I approve of you. But the simple fact is, is that we have a good father who already looks at you and says, I approve of you. I love you. Now just be with me. That's who we want to be. So this morning we're going to be looking at Noah. So this is a little different than when we went through the book of Acts. If you remember going through the book of Acts, it took us two years. It was awesome, right? Two years of going through the book of Acts, just a few verses at a time. This time we're going to be jumping through the books of the Bible, but you are going to get a good survey of what the Bible looks like. So this week we're in Genesis chapter 6. That was one of the readings this week. And it's talking about Noah. Most of you may know who Noah was. In fact, it's a story that a lot of people go, oh, that's my favorite story. And sometimes I go, really? A story about everyone dies except for a few people? Great destruction comes and you go, awesome, great story. I'll put that in my nursery. Just remember it, kids. Let's go ahead and read it. Chapter 6. If you've got your Bibles or if you are on a smart device, you can look it up as well. Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and it was filled with violence. God observed all of this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures 
for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out along with all the earth. And then in verse 14, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. And then he goes on with the specific instructions. Verse 17, look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. And then verse 22, so Noah did everything exactly as the Lord had commanded him. So what do we know about the story? If we just jump a few verses back in chapter 6, we have this verse that we commonly refer to as no one will ever live more than 120 years. But we're going to look at the Hebrew a little bit closer and see that I don't know if that's a great explanation of why it's said. Genesis 6, verse 3, Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. Like I said before, some will say, well, this means that we won't live past 120 years anymore at this point. However, if you look at scripture, there were a few people that did live after this point past 120 years, so I don't think that's a good explanation. If it is actually, and I think this is more closer to the Hebrew, a declaration from the Lord that the world had gotten so bad that he had just started a countdown. And at 120 years from this point, the flood would come. Now, no one really knew exactly how the Lord would do this, except for one who was walking blameless with the Lord, and he spoke to Noah. But when the countdown started, he hadn't yet really explained to Noah what was going to happen. So Noah was about 480 years old. He was a young, spry guy with no kids. And he was ready to take on the world as he walked with the Lord. And then he had three sons. And this happened when he was about 500 years old. His first child, Japheth, was born. And then a couple years after that, we know he had Shem. And then we're not sure what the spance was between Shem and Ham. But ultimately, he probably had him pretty soon as well. And he had three children. And then that's when we would say probably 20 to 40 years it took for the boys to grow up. Some of you with children go, probably longer than that. And find a wife, even longer. But I'm going to give them 20 to 40 years. It took me about 30 years, so I'm going to say that they're better than I was. About 20 years, I think, is when they found their wives, got married, and then the Lord spoke to Noah, it's time to build the ark. This leaves about 55 to 75 years. So what do we get from this? 50 to 70, 80 some years that Noah hears a word of the Lord and then executes a plan. The words that came to me this week were patience and endurance. If we are to live a life that follows the word of the Lord, we need patience and we need endurance. 
Because what no one was seeing all around him, this was in the very first part of the scripture, is the entire world was corrupt. He was a lone man seeing everything that would be against God happening around him. His neighbors were not like a good neighbor. Stay far, I'm there. Did you guys all see that? They were not a good neighbor. He didn't just run next door and borrow a cup of flour because they were corrupt. They were just by themselves. And they knew that this was coming even as they started their family. And then the Lord spoke to them and said, a full-on disaster is going to happen, but I'm going to choose you to do it. And for 50 to 70 years, he does what the Lord says. He has patience and endurance. So I want us to be like Noah. I want us to be a people that follow the steps of Noah. You hear the word of the Lord and you patiently endure until his blessing comes about. Maybe you relate to Noah this morning with corruption all around. Maybe you went and visited your in-law. I'm sorry. Maybe you had a hard week because oil prices have dropped and you're not sure if your job is secure. And it seems pretty dark. Or maybe you've been trying to work on a relationship as important as a marriage. And it has been hard. And it seems like it's kind of dark. And it doesn't seem like there's anyone around you helping out. You're all alone. If you're in that, maybe it's outside circumstances that are affecting you, or perhaps it's in the inside, that you have a soul that's in unrest. Maybe you're involved in some things that no one else knows about, but you know they're not of God and they are bringing great darkness into your life. Whether it's cheating on your taxes that are coming up, or it's cheating your boss, or it's looking at porn, or it's looking into an emotional affair because your marriage is shaky and this other person just seems to love you more. Maybe you can relate to Noah seeing darkness all around. But today, I believe that God is calling you to patiently endure as you fight this battle. So the Lord puts battles before us, and I will guarantee you that when you start a new beginning, when you start a new battle and you say, this is the time that the Lord has called me to step out and fight, I will no longer see this soul that's in unrest. I will no longer let this darkness that I have welcomed into my life stay. I'm going to fight. Or the job that I'm just not sure about, I'm no longer just going to complain about it. I'm going to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do here? Not a why or when, but just what? If you're doing that, you're stepping into the shoes of Noah. He was called to build an ark, a crazy thing, in a community of people that didn't support him, into a world that thought he's crazy.
but he had patient endurance. But I often wonder, and this is where I think I can relate with Noah, is that you hear a word from the Lord, and maybe it was as easy as, I need to read the Bible every day. And then you wake up the next day and go, is that what God really said? Or I need to stand up at work and represent the Father, the good Father that I know. I'm going to pray with my coworker tomorrow who is in deep distress. And you wake up ready to do it, but then you go, did I really hear that from the Lord? I wonder how many times Noah woke up and grabbed his hammer, grabbed his saw and said, do I really need to do this? 50 years, people, 70 years, a lifetime for us, called to serve the Lord. How many times did Noah question, is this work going to be for nothing? And I wonder how many times you've heard from the Lord and you've begun that new task and the next day you go, is it worth it? Is this going to be for nothing? How many times have you tried to start reading the Bible and you read a few days and then you go, is it worth it? I'm in numbers right now, I'm just not sure. (laughs) Is it worth it? When you're doing something for God, I will tell you it is a great and honorable task. You don't have to be a pastor to do a great task for the Lord. In fact, I think our children of the youngest of our children are often about the great tasks of God because they're honoring him, they're worshiping him, they're loving him with a simple heart and a simple mind. And that is exactly what the Lord is calling us to do. So I know that three of you took the challenge to read the Bible through the year. No, I just, those are the new people. But I know that at least three of you rose your hand, or raised your hands that you're going to read through the Bible with us. And the rest of you got guilted into reading it too, right? So this is what happens, I think, often when we take up this new task. You signed up for the daily email, and you're like, I'm going to get after this. I am going to listen to the Lord. I'm going to listen to his word. I'm going to read. I'm all about this. You get the first email. It comes at like 4 o'clock in the morning. But that night was unrestful. And you wake up late in the morning. And then you know you have to get to work. And so you know you should read that email and get ready by listening to the word of the Lord. But you've got all this stuff going on. So you go, I'll just do it later. Lord, I'll do it later. So you go about your day. You get all your stuff going. It's lunchtime. You're like, I'm going to do it. But then someone comes into your office or you get called out of your office or you have to take care of somebody or you get a phone call or you forget that you need to study for a test. So you go, I'll just do it later. And then the end of the day comes and you go, I'll do it right before I go to sleep. And then you lay down and you start watching a very godly show. (laughs) 
and you fall asleep. And then the next morning you go, well, I've already messed that one up. So uh, what's the use? Is it really worth it? Or maybe you've been working on a relationship or your marriage. You've been working hard to restore what you feel has been lost. And the Lord calls you to be patient and endure. So you do some good things and you expect by tomorrow everything will be restored. You send flowers and you go, awesome, everything's good. Well, I'll tell you a testimony of a good marriage is patient endurance. If you talk to couples who've been married happily (laughs) for over 50 years, they will have been patient with each other and they will have endured through the hardest moments with patience. God is calling us to patient endurance, but I think oftentimes Satan will come in and he'll say, you failed, you failed. It's not worth it. Just throw it away, throw your marriage away, throw your job away, throw whatever you're trying to do. The new beginning that God has called you to do, just throw it away. That new beginning isn't coming. You can't do this. And that actually is Satan telling the truth because you can't do it. The only person that can is God. But Satan reminds us over and over again, it's just not worth it. You can't do it. But I want to tell you, today is a new day. Everybody say it, today is a new day. day. So if you've been called into a new beginning today, today is... Doesn't it make you smile? Today is? That means you can throw off all the crapola. You can stop all the stuff that Satan's been telling you that's not worth it and say, today is a new day. Today I walk with the Lord. Today I walk along with the Lord who has invited me to walk with him. I will do the thing that he has asked me to do. Not because it will bring more honor for me in his kingdom, because that honor's already been bestowed on me by the death of Jesus and through his blood. But I will do this because there's blessing and new life when I walk with the Lord. Lamentations chapter three says it this way. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Hold on to that verse that's central to every new beginning. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. So everything sounds good, right, till verse 27? The Lord's love never ceases. His mercies are new each day. He loves you. He will walk with you. And his discipline is good. 
Now, I believe that whenever you have a message from the Lord and you speak it to someone, he's speaking to you too. So I'm saying this at great risk right now, that I want to jump into the discipline of the Lord, that I want him to discipline me. See, I don't even, when I say that, I was like, can I retract? Just a second. Because I know his discipline is not easy, but if I walk with him, it will be good. If I submit to him, it will be good. Think of all the things in your life right now that you're rebelling against, that you know are true and are from the Father himself, but you're rebelling against it. Think of all those things that you're rebelling against and saying, I just don't want to do it right now. I don't want to accept that invitation to walk with the Lord in that way. We submit to the Lord by doing just a few things. We listen to his voice. The only way we listen to his voice is by having someone speak his word to us or we read his word. Really simple, right? God is always very simple with his gifts. We also pray. Prayer seems so hard sometimes. How many have had a hard time praying? Praying with someone. And I mean like actually grabbing someone and saying, man, you just totally like spewed out on me all the junk that you have. And you in your mind go, I really should represent the Father right now and pray with them. But instead you go, how can I get out of this? I'm going to pray for you. Don't you worry. When I'm alone, I'll pray for you. When the Father's asking you to step into that mess and say, let's go to the Father right now. Let me pray with you so that we know that when two or three are gathered, he will be here with you in your mess right now, in your darkness right now. And then we walk humbly with the Lord. Because ultimately, it's not about us. It's about what he's doing for us as we submit to his ways. Now, patience, I think, sometimes gets confused that we think that patience is just simply waiting, that we're willing to wait. That's not patience. That's not the fruit of the, the, of the Spirit, patience. It's just to wait. Oftentimes, I think we are a people who wait, but we stew while we wait. We try to figure out the answer. How many of you have been there while you're waiting? I'm going to figure out the answer. I'm going to, I know exactly what I need to, I'm going to do that. Maybe it's this. Or maybe it's this, or I'm going to ask, maybe it's this. Because i got to get this now while I wait. We get stressed while we wait. If I don't figure this out, my whole life is going to end. Because I need this now. Your blood pressure goes up. You get sick. You get stressed. You can feel it. I know I've felt it before. 
You just feel it. It starts kind of here and just kind of goes through your body. We start asking those questions. Why? Why? Why, Lord, why? And we, then we go to win, Lord, win, win. And then we go back to why, why, why. And then back to win, right? It's an endless circle. That's not patience. That's stewing. What we often also do is that we try to become the Holy Spirit himself. And we try to come up with our own solution for ourselves. So we just rewrite a little part of scripture that we don't quite like, so it fits better in our life. Have you ever done that? There, I'll raise your hands. Raise your hands right now, because I know you've all done that. You just rewrite it a little bit so that you feel comfortable in what you're doing at that moment. Just a little bit. And you go, Lord, it's just a little, just a little like this. Just smoothing that out a little bit for my own life. See, the problem is if you want to walk with Noah, if Noah would have done this, it would have been responses like this. You know, Lord, this whole flood idea seems like a big pain in the butt. So what if I, we just climb a mountain, my family and I, and we just, and you just don't have it flood everything, just leave that little bit. Then I don't have to build an ark and make sure it doesn't take 50 years because I want to get this thing over with. Because that's a long time to prepare for something. So just, just a little bit. Or maybe, you know, don't have the rain cover the whole earth. In fact, can we just stay in our home? Just kind of build a little thing, a little shield. You're going to do it later when you rescue your people from Egypt, but just kind of shield the water around us, drown everybody else, but just keep us in our little home safe and secure. That would be easier, and you can do it. You're powerful. Or you know what, Lord? This whole flood idea is kind of dumb. Don't do that. Just send a plague to everybody but else. Just wipe them out. Keep the ones you want. That's fine. That would be easier. That keeps me out of it. I just kind of sit by my little fire, read a little book, and I'm all good. Or personally, we go, Lord, if you just change my spouse the way I want them to be, you know, I know exactly how they should be. You just make that little shift, that little change. We're going to have a great marriage. Great marriage. Or, Lord, you know, I don't really need to trust you in my finances because I can figure that out. I've got all these people. I've got my stuff. I'll figure that out. You just stay out of it. You just stay out of it. And I, don't, I really don't want to give you any of it because I'm a little bit concerned that if I don't keep all of it, I may not make it. Because again, I'm concerned about this much of my life when you have eternity for me. God's calling us to patient endurance in all areas of our life. But today specifically, I think he's probably ringing a bell in your head about one thing. One thing where you haven't been trusting him in. 
one thing that's been bothering you in your soul that he's asking you to walk out be patient have endurance follow in the footsteps of Noah and know that as you listen and submit to him he will be bringing about a great blessing for you but more importantly for everyone else I think that oftentimes we think we know what is best, but I'm gonna tell you, you are absolutely not smart enough to run your own life. Just say that to yourself. I'm absolutely not smart enough to run my own life, or especially the lives of others. How many of you have been caught up in that trap of saying, if they would get their stuff together and do it this way, they would actually know what, what they need to do. They would have a good life. How many of you said that to your spouse? If you just do what I told you, you wouldn't be in this mess. But at the very same time, we are so ready to tell someone else what they should do or tell God what he should do for us. But we're very, very slow on seeking the Father and saying, Lord, whatever you want to do, I'll submit to. This is a classic verse that many have heard. But when you think you're smart enough to run your own life, read this verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not learn your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make, your straight, make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Be not wise in your own eyes. Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing. Just, these are huge moments of the Lord speaking to you in that whatever's going on in your heart right now that is unrestful, when you trust in him, when you walk with him, when you turn away from evil, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That's what the good father wants for you today. That's what he wants for me. Release what's going on in here. Trust him. Be patient and have endurance as he makes that change. So what do you do while you wait? Because waiting is a hard thing. We have a lot of job losses going on and oil continues to kind of drop down. So you probably know someone who has lost their job or you're fearful that you may lose yours or your child. <laughs> there are four things I want you to be thinking about doing when you are working through patient endurance and you're waiting. The first thing that you do is that you pray. Everybody have that? You pray. You pray to the Lord and you just say, Lord, I know you're a good father who hears me. I know in the moment that I pray that you're listening. You, you've turned your ear to me. You are listening to what I have to say. Even if it's ridiculous, you are listening to me and speaking those words of life into me. 
And then before each application you submit, each interview you go to, each opportunity you stop and you pray and you say, Lord, guide me in this time. And at each opportunity you stop and you go, is there someone I should be praying with as well? The second thing you do is that you listen to God. So you listen to God by reflecting on his word, by reading it, by listening to people as they speak it to you. And you say, I'm going to read his word every morning. I'm going to read it before I look at my inbox to see if I've got any job, app, job responses. I'm going to read it before I look at my text messages. I'm going to read it so I receive his wisdom so I know how to respond. I'm going to listen to his voice first. I'm going to listen to what he's telling me to do that day, not what I want to do. The third thing you're going to do, you first you're going to pray, then you're going to listen to his voice, and then you're going to thank him. Even if you have no job that morning, you're going to give thanks. You're going to say, Lord, I thank you for continue, continuing my life through this day, through this evening, for waking me up this morning, for giving me a place where I can sleep, no matter where that is. And Lord, I thank you that you continue to show me opportunities to serve you and be your child. You're going to think of everything you can possibly think of to thank him as you wait. I'm going to thank him as I meet both the polite people and the rude people today as I look for a job. And the last thing you're going to do is you're going to serve others. Now, this seems counterintuitive, but this is probably the most important. You're going to look for ways to serve others as you are trying to find your job. So this seems like you're going to be taking time away from looking for your job, but you're really going about the Father's business. So you may be sitting in and waiting for your interview, and you see someone that's hurting. You're going to take that opportunity, and you're going to serve them. You're going to look at someone and say, you know what, I'm going to help you find a job, even though I need to find a job too. I'm going to take some of my time, which really isn't mine, and I'm going to serve you that way because that's what the Father would do. I'm going to walk like the Father does and know that he'll provide for me as I follow him. When someone else gets a job for the job that you want, you're going to rejoice with them. That's how you'll serve them. And that's how you'll push any kind of jealousy out. You may have applied for the same job, but if they get it, you're going to rejoice with them. And say how good the Father is to you. And he's good to me too because I get to rejoice in your success. What do we do when we choose not to have patient endurance? We become a people that become lost, and we do things that we wish we could take back. We do things that we regret. The people, the Israelites did this, and in Psalm 106, it talks about it. That even though the Lord had saved them from Egypt, all they needed to do was patiently endure until he brought them to the new land. 
This wouldn't be 50 years, this would be just a few weeks. But instead, in verse 13 in Psalm 106, it says, yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. Isn't that us? How quickly we forget what the Lord has done in our life. And that's why that one portion in the waiting about giving thanks is so important. So that we don't forget. So we don't forget how gracious and good our Father is. Yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. If you want to start a new beginning this year, have patient endurance. He's spoken to your heart already. He's in there. He's whispering your name and saying, just come closer in this one thing. And I will give you the power to make that change. But patiently endure. We want to be patient and we want to endure like Noah, but even more so we want to be like Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, every sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand and throne of God. This is the plan that the Lord has for each of us. He has called us into his family. He has set the path out. He is asking us to simply rely on him, submit to his discipline, walk with him on a daily basis, be patient as we wait, and endure. And in that patient endurance, there is huge blessing because you will see him work in not just that one area, but it will be unveiled that there are other areas. And as he works and changes you, you will see great joy. You will not be all stressed out with the small things or the big things because you'll have patient endurance. Your perspective will change from, what about me, 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 me? And instead, you'll start to see, wow, the Lord is using me, not just in my life, but in the lives of those that he's put me in. My family's changing. My relationships are changing. My friendships are changing. My job is changing. A good life is waiting. That's a good life. A good life is not trying to get as much as you can. A good life is walking with the Father. Walking with the Father, that's all he wants you to do. Like Noah did. So may we have patient endurance as we continue this day and this week as we walk with the Lord who has called us by name to be with him. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time of looking at the story of Noah. I pray that the patient endurance that we all seek, that you would give it to us. 
Lord, we also ask that we'd be patient as we wait for patient endurance. We know that you have lots of changes to do in each of us. We know from the moment that we receive you through baptism or through faith as an adult, when we believe that you are our Lord and our Savior, that is the moment that you begin to grow us up. So take our immaturity away, Lord. Allow us to mature in you. Help us to make decisions that are based on your word and not your word rewritten in our own words. Lord, help us to just seek who you are, understand who you are, love who you are, so that our lives can be made complete. We lift this up in your name. Amen.